0: Let's talk real quickly about how you make money in real estate. First step, you have to buy the properties right. You have to buy properties at a discount. The second way that you make your money in real estate is by knowing your numbers. This is super, super important. If you're implementing the first strategy, you have to know your numbers. Really cool tool we use to help us estimate our repair numbers more accurately is called Rehab. Estimator Pro. Check out rehabestimatorpro.com. Use the promo code DPI, and you're going to get 40% off of the price. Rehab Estimator Pro has changed the way that we estimate our repairs. We used to kind of shoot from the hip, uh, we use rule of thumbs, we use uh, square foot multipliers, and those things work, but this nails it down. Check it out, guys. RehabEstimatorPro.com. Use the promo code DPI. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you for checking this podcast out produced entirely by Anchor.fm. Guys, if you're interested in creating your own podcast, Anchor is the easiest way to do it, and the cool part, it's free. Anchor has all the tools to help you create record, and edit edit a podcast directly from your phone or computer. They even handle the distribution, putting it out to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other sites. What's really cool about Anchor, they even allow you to monetize your podcast. Again, for free, you can generate income from your podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
1: Now, let's go build some wealth. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. I'm your host, David Dodge, co-host, Mike Slane. Thanks, Dave. How, How are you doing, you? bud? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm well, man. I got good. up early this morning, feeling good, a little workout. Awesome. I'm really rocking work... and rolling, man.
0: Workout in before starting today? I yeah. love it. Yeah. That's great. I always do that. It makes me feel... Uh... Like I'm not, you know, starting the day off wrong, you right. know, just got that done, it's, it's great. So, awesome, man. Well, what are we going to talk about today? We're uh, kind of delving into our, um, our shift in topics, so normally we talk about wholesaling. Uh, wholesaling is when you, in real estate, is when you purchase a property at a great price and you sell it at a good price nice. and you make a little spread. So. That's our normal topic. We love that because it's a great way to start investing in real estate. You learn all the numbers. Uh, we've got a free course on that, freewholesalecourse.com. We've got a book out there. We've got a book out there now. And that was recently published in Audible, so we're super excited about that. It is on Audible now. Uh, you guys want to yes. go... very cool. Very cool. And search for either one of our names. It's probably the easiest way to bring it up, or the title. Yeah, that's how I found it. Yeah, I just search my own name in there. The Ultimate Guide to Real Estate Investing. Yep. Our two... The Ultimate Guide to Wholesale real. real Estate. Oh, real Estate. Yeah, there we go. Man, book one, up. one.
1: We're coming out with multiple, multiple more though. So yeah, this is exciting.
0: Gonna, yeah, we really liked it. It was fun to put together and
1: uh, and really fun to record the audible version. So, well, last week we talked about why rentals, mm-hmm. and this week we're going to talk about how how or how <laughs> rentals. Okay, exactly. Cool. I like it. Uh, so
0: yeah, the, the plan is to talk about what to buy. Um, and kind of how to buy it, how to fund it. Uh, so if you started out wholesaling like us, you know, you kind of hopefully know your numbers, and that's kind of a recurring thing with rentals. Is you really have to kind of sharpen that pencil and know your numbers uh, much finer when you're executing the burst strategy, especially when you're trying to leave. Um, as little money in the, in the property as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in this market with uh, interest rates low and prices kind of slowly climbing here in the Midwest, we definitely want to leverage our money as far as we can. So we're trying to leave as little possible in the houses and just keep repeating, repeating, repeating. Uh, So that burst strategy is buy, rehab, uh, what is it? Refinance, rent, repeat. And that repeat is what we got to keep keep harping on. That's correct. So what do we buy then, Dave? I mean, what's the uh, what do we what are we looking for? You know, what kind of metrics? Yeah, no, that's great. So when
1: we're purchasing rentals, um, what's very important to us? Obviously, Mike had mentioned know your numbers. So you need to know your numbers, but also the location. So the location of the property uh, is going to greatly affect those spreads and those numbers. Certain parts of town, as we know. Um, you might have class A properties or class B or class C or even class D So sometimes you can buy a property um, in, a, in an area that you might find in another area. That's the same size house, but it's double the cost mm-hmm. So the location is very very important um, Next we really want to get familiar with the city and county rental laws so there's particular areas in st. Louis that will charge um a fee to have a rental property, you have to actually have a license. There's other parts in town where if there's too many rentals either in that neighborhood or on that street already, you can't even rent that house. So you definitely wanna be familiar with the local laws before you jump in and spend money buying a property that you might not even be able to rent out. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that So here in St. Louis, I mean, let's talk very
0: specifically. So in St. Louis County, uh, we have, if it's an unincorporated area, so St. Louis is a very, uh, I'd say, complicated market for a lot of new people. Uh, in St. Louis County, there are many other municipalities under it, and then those municipalities have their own jurisdiction and their laws on stuff. So yeah. if you're in St. Unin- fun, guys. unincorporated fun. <laughs> St. Louis County, uh, you deal with St. Louis County inspectors. If you're in a municipality that is incorporated, such as Berkeley, then you have to deal with berkeley's inspectors so berkeley is what dave was referring to is they've got this law passed that says you can only have a certain number of rentals on the street and you think to yourself oh well that sounds uh, pretty neat you know that's a great idea to keep up property values and uh, you know you don't want a whole bunch of tenants moving in that are going to drive down property prices and that may be the case had berkeley done this 50 years ago but the problem with berkeley is it already has be, is a rental area. It's already turned kind of slummy. So now you're discouraging investors from even buying the property. Well,
1: it's a catch 22. It is. They, they, they put the rule into place because the majority of the area was rentals already. And they thought by saying, hey, let's not allow investors to buy here anymore because they don't take care of the properties. Let's make it to where only the owner occupant, the primary resident, you know, people that are wanting to move into the home and own it can do it. But it, the problem is, is there's not that many people in that area that want to do that. Investors are really the only choice. So the catch 22 is they did it because they wanted to make the area better. But the law, in my opinion, is actually making the area worse. Right. And, and the
0: the secondary issue with it is that the property values are probably topping out at around $60,000. Top, top. So yeah. I mean, most of them are probably twenty dollars to $30,000 properties. So you're not going to get many banks that are willing to lend on twenty, thirty dollars $30,000 properties. Yep. So there's just, there's many areas um, or many issues with the area. And again, I, I don't know that they necessarily made a smart move in doing that. But again, that's why it's very important to know uh, your local area pretty well, or not, not your local area, to know your investing area. So you don't necessarily need to invest in your backyard. If I was in... Uh, And We'll pick an area here in St. Louis, we'll say if you lived in Ladue and you're looking at million dollar houses, driving by million dollar houses each day, it doesn't necessarily make sense to buy something close to you just because you like that area and you're comfortable with it. You've got to get out of your comfort zone and invest in an area that is uh, going to make sense from a numbers perspective uh so that then you can again make make better cash flow so it really comes back to that knowing your numbers thing it's very important so we're going to invest in areas in our north county areas in our south county areas in uh, some of our west county areas we can find some some good homes where the numbers make sense Uh, so that's very important Um, so we suggest again obviously starting in your backyard uh looking your local municipal looking your local area uh, because again you're going to be more familiar with it hopefully Yeah, yeah educate yourself uh, go out there and attend RIAs and find out where other people are investing. But I do think that's important. Uh, so let's talk about the type of property, Dave, if you wanna jump in. I'll yeah, yeah, so location's
1: very important. Type of property is another thing that we're always looking at. So are you buying a single family? Are you trying to buy a multiple family? Um, you know, Knowing what you're looking for in advance is gonna help you tremendously. Don't just go out there and just start shopping without knowing what you're doing. So again, you, you need to know your numbers. So having a bed and bath count like typically um, we will, we're looking and searching for three plus bedrooms with at least one and a half bathrooms. Those are the best houses for us. If we can get more, great. Do we own rentals that have two, two one? Yes, of course. Do we own one ones? No, we don't because those houses do not make sense. If we come across those, we try to wholesale them or wholesale them, but we're not interested in buying those to keep because they just don't work for us. So you have to have um a parameter set for what you're looking for. Okay. So let's
0: talk let's dive a little bit into that. So why do one bedrooms not work for us, Dave? What's the Well
1: it's it's impossible to charge them enough rent to cover the mortgage, the note, whenever you you know end up buying it, rehabbing it, you gotta pay for that. So you have to borrow money to pay for that. And then you have to get all that money back with our strategy, the birth strategy. So you're going to have a very high mortgage after you you know do those two first two steps well the next step is to be able to find a tenant that can pay you at least 200 to 300 dollars more than that and it's very difficult on a one bedroom to get eight or 900 bucks in rent yeah well, unless you do a really nice job on it it's interesting
0: because that kind of even gets into your construction quality which you'd mentioned uh, and kind of your construction costs so a one bedroom still has one kitchen it's well, right. One bedroom still has one bathroom. Well, it still has one roof, too. So you have it has to,
1: all of the components, all of the systems, the electric, the plumbing, the the um the water, exactly. you, you So name you it.
0: have to you have to repair all those things, but you've only got one bedroom. Whereas collecting a, rent. And yeah. a bedroom is relatively cheap in the whole scheme of construction. So the yeah, kitchen it's the is cheapest the, part. So to have an <laughs> exactly so to it's, have
1: you can build a bedroom for fuck, for eight grand. Right. You know? So to have another bedroom
0: is very inexpensive. Now you can't add on to a property that cheaply. You can't add a second bedroom sure. on that cheaply. But again, when it when it's enclosed already, it's very cheap to replace flooring, paint, and a light fixture. Or flooring doors and you know so so bedrooms are relatively inexpensive to rehab. That's why the one bedroom, uh, the cost of rehabbing it is higher per bedroom essentially. Uh, and that's not necessarily the way I look at it, but it's just, it's, it's a higher cost to rehab it and only get one bedroom worth of rental. Yeah. When you dollar
1: cost average, two bedrooms versus one, all your costs are half,
0: right? So that's why three bedroom is a good is where a lot of investors like to play. Now that's not to say that, that one bedrooms aren't going to make sense for you. I know, uh, or I've heard of, I don't actually know of the person, but it was a friend of a friend and they solely invest in one bedroom units. Why? Well, because not many people do. So then there's less demand for it. So a one bedroom unit- yeah, That's a strategy I guess you could go with. Well the one bedroom unit, there's not as many people competing. So you can go in and offer much less money and hopefully get some relatively good deals on it. Right. Then who's gonna rent a one bedroom? The one bedroom might be rented by a single person. Could be person. a couple, but mostly a single person. In a lot Typically of t- they're not gonna have kids. A lot, exactly, they're not gonna have kids. A lot of time it's an older person, they're not gonna move that often. Yeah. So I was told that this there's, person, there's certain strategies with that. Yeah. This person has had some success with that because he's able to keep tenants in place for a longer period of time mm-hmm. and he's able to pick up properties for a little bit less because there's not as many people that are hunting for those one bedroom right, houses. Right. So again, it's different strategies. But for us, again, our metrics is, is that uh, three bedrooms. So Dave, you want to
1: keep going on with uh, yeah, yeah. the type so, of property? What so, else we thinking about so here? So bed bath count's very important. Um, construction quality, you had mentioned Mike, um, also does it have a basement, does it have a garage? These, these things are going to be very different from market to market. Um, I know some cities have no basements at all, right? Well, in St. Louis where we invest, 99% of the houses have basements, um, but they might not have a basement um, that's, that's a good basement. They could have a partial basement. They might even have a crawl space, I shouldn't say 99%, probably about 75% because there are some slabs. Um, But if you have a basement to offer, it's either more living space or it's more storage space for the tenant. Again, you you have to go into this understanding that you're buying something that you're gonna be renting out. So you want your tenant to have, or you wanna be able to provide your tenant with all of the possible things that they may need. So storage is going to be something that you can provide them. Um, going beyond that to a garage that also creates storage, or it can create parking. A lot of people don't want to leave their car out in uh, in on the street because you know the sun's going to you know, tear up the paint and, and deteriorate the car as, as well as water. But on top of that, it's going to be more likely to get broken into. So being able to offer somebody. Covered parking or even secured parking, which is what a garage can provide, it's gonna also increase the value of the home, but allow you even even more to increase the value of the rent. So you you can charge more and make more.
0: The way my mind works, I'm just kind of wandering off here, Dave, and I'm thinking, why do we have basements in St. Louis? Why are basements so common in the Midwest? Do you know, I always, I mean, just growing up, I always thought it was, oh, because we have severe storms and twisters, you know, the tornadoes come in, everybody wants a basement. That's a, a good, that's actually a really good question. Yeah, theory, I, like, don't, theory, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I have no idea why we have basements. I don't know. I mean, I because know. we can, I guess.
1: Right. I guess in some places, you know, like they don't because Florida, you can't. You can't. Really, yeah, you know, can't the water table's too high, or you're living on like some places. It's all just rock. Yeah. Like in Austin, exactly. Texas, I couldn't, you, you can't. Everything's dig, rock. Yeah. You can't unless you want to spend a hundred thousand to put a basement. In, it's just not worth it. Yeah. But here, everything's just soil. You can dig down real easy. I mm-hmm. think that's probably a reason. But it yeah. also adds square footage. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, not necessarily. You know, safety. square footage that's on the tax records, but it adds, Oh, know, it can be livable space and storage space. space. It's, right. uh, yeah, no, basements are awesome. Uh, but
0: again, I just kind of, I don't know. I guess I guess you're right. It's probably because we can. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I guess the, the storm thing is uh, a little bit of an issue. Absolutely. But yeah, so, so let's circle
1: back, though, to knowing your numbers. So let's the last it. part of what we're looking for, other than location and then, of course, type of property, Um, type of property also condition which we'll get into in later chapters or later episodes Um, condition makes a big difference too Um, but last for this particular episode is the rent so we want to be able to figure out our cash flow and this goes into knowing you know what we're gonna be paying for the property how much it's gonna cost to fix that property and then knowing what we're gonna be bringing in rent so you want to be able to buy properties that are going to have a good cash flow. And that just means all the money that's left over after you pay your bills. Okay. And again, we talked about this a little bit earlier where you have classes of properties, you have A and B and C and in certain areas, you may have negative cash flow. The amount of money that it costs to buy that property for the amount of money that it costs or that that you can collect and rent could be a negative number. So you want to find areas that provide high cash flow, not necessarily bad areas, but areas that are lower quality than A in terms of class, but are still desirable, nice areas. We try to invest in B and C areas here at Hustle. Yeah, and a lot of people define uh, the asset classes
0: differently, but I would say that's how we define it definitely, Mm -hmm. is B and C kind of areas. Uh, which are again they're desirable areas people working class Uh, people want to live there Uh, it's good mix of homeowners and uh, uh, landlords that way property values stay up and hopefully have other landlords that help maintain their properties and uh, yeah so property values remain remain stable so yeah know your numbers though the rent estimate like Dave said very important Uh, where can you find that well one of those big players Zillow.com
1: Zillow is great for giving you an estimate. An estimate, yeah. Again, I mean, it basically pools all the neighbors, neighborhood, people that have, have, have posted their property for rent on their own website, and it averages all those numbers. It's right. actually a pretty good understanding. And oh yeah, so then other ways to
0: find it is go out and look for a property for rent. Yeah, that's, so for, a, that's 10, the like, best way to for find 10, it. pretend like you're a tenant or uh, you know, somebody looking for a property and, and search property management websites. Search um, for places like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, just Google property for rent and your municipality or your zip code that the property's in and see what's available Yeah, it was a great tool too yeah definitely and you want to you want to compare the quality of the in, insides uh, of that property and, and the rent on each of those so yeah good thing cool 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 so next thing uh, let's jump into funding your purchase okay so we talked a little bit about uh, what to buy uh, and we'll recap real quick so it was location uh, the type of property, and knowing your numbers, find out the rent, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we wanna talk about how to fund your purchase, okay? So our target audience is usually the wholesalers, uh, but we're gonna circle back and kinda talk, uh, you know, from a beginning investor standpoint, how do you get started? So. Uh, I want to remember that's our audience, but the first first way to buy them. It's a good point, Mike. You know what I mean. I always like to try oh, and say, absolutely. "Hey, if I'm a new guy, uh, nobody,
1: not, not everyone has a bunch of private lenders just waiting to give them money."
0: Yeah, or five million dollars sitting in the bank, and I'll just go buy rentals and then make uh, make my money off the cash flow. That's correct. It's not. It doesn't mm-hmm. work like that, and we realize that. So this is hopefully written a little bit more for the real world. It's correct. So step one would be cash. If you're if you've got a bunch of cash and you're just looking for a high return on your investment. Rentals are a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. So again, you can go out there, you can buy cash, you can leave all your money in it, and done. Yeah, yeah pretty easy. Again, right. you invest 100k. Uh, we like to see, um, you know, about a thousand bucks a month for 100k property. So again, you're going to make uh, what is that, 12% return on your investment? Mm-hmm. 12,000. But if you
1: don't have the cash, go meet a banker. All right, that's what banks do. That's how they make money: is they lend it to you. And most people don't have 100K laying around to just go buy a property cash. So cash is the first way you can do it, of course. Um, bank loans is the second way. And you just need to go talk to your banker. If you have a W-2 job or you have a job that you know pays you a salary, that is gonna help you tremendously in getting a bank loan. And a lot of people don't realize it, but banks are willing to give five to 10 loans to, to any individual before they want to start seeing a business buying these properties. I think actually the law allows you to buy 10 homes in your own name right now, uh, or the, 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 the banking requirements, I should say, not the law. But go meet a banker. You can get a bank loan relatively easily to buy a rental property. Um, maybe even get the, the, the amount of money that you need to purchase it and to rehab it from your bank. You won't know until you go ask, so go talk to your bankers. Um, another way would be using private money or hard money, which is in this case kind of the same thing. But all private money is is just somebody that you know that has money to invest um, and they don't want to go out and buy the home. They don't want to uh, manage a portfolio. They don't want to, you know, day trade in the stock market. They want to lend it to you um, at a fixed interest rate and then you take that money and you go buy it and then you get a refi from a bank and you pay them back, okay? Um, there's lots of private money lenders. Go to local RIAs. The one I just went to last week, I had four or five different people hand me a business card and telling me that, they, that, that that they are hard money investors, which is a private money investor essentially. So what is hard money? Hard money is a lender that lends on a hard asset. That's it, it's not hard to get, it's just that you have to have a hard asset, aka real estate, in order for them to lend on on it. And if you can get it at a good deal and you can show them that you can add value by fixing it and sell it for a profit, they're going to want a piece of that profit. So they're going to give you the money to go do it. It's really, really easy. Mm-hmm. Go to a local RIA. I literally got four or five people hand me a business card to give me money to go buy a deal at the last RIA that I went to.
0: Yeah, when times are good, money flows, man. Money Especially flows. Especially if you find a good deal. It's people, everywhere. People are willing to give it to you. So don't have that scarcity mindset. Definitely have that abundance mindset when you're in this in this business because right. there's plenty of deals. Yeah, and then private there's money,
1: money 2.0 2. would be you can create yourself a fund. We have a course on this, actually, um, called Savvy Leverage. But you can actually put together up to 25, I think, people's money into a fund and make a business out of it. And then that fund that you control can go buy properties. So lots of ways to fund the purchase. Um, We talked about cash, we talked about bank loans, private money, which is also hard money, um, funds. What am I missing? Anything else? Transactional funding but that's not gonna really help you with the rental. Yeah, so we said cash, bank loans, private money.
0: you talk about uh, private lenders versus hard money? You talk about- Yeah, both, it's the same thing, really, essentially, yeah. you know? But yeah. yeah, it's just different, varying interest rates. Um, so again, in private- Well, uh, all private, hard
1: money lenders are private lenders, in my opinion. Not all private lenders are hard money lenders, though. you need a hard asset. Sort of, I lenders. mean, so like, uh, so
0: like think about uh, Longhorn Investments. They're pretty big here. They're mm-hmm. uh, based out of where, somewhere in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a hard money lender, and they are a, but I would consider them more of an institutional investor. You're right. I mean, I mean that's it's, bigger. It's, uh, so again, hard money just looks harder at the asset than it does at Person. your credit worthiness. Right. Whereas a so, private
1: money lender is going to look at whatever they want. It's right. It's
0: to each their own. So private money lenders, what I like to think of is like, hey, I've got a rich uncle,
1: uh, I can hey, can you lend me some money? Yeah. Or maybe you might have grandparents that have a big uh, retirement account. they can lend out of their account to you as well exactly something along those lines
0: exactly or again or a brother or whoever anyone, somebody with money and is uh you know willing to lend you money because they've seen hey you're flipping houses you're wholesaling and and you're making some good money and you're just looking to try to start buying rentals so again you've got some experience you can show them uh that you know you're you're doing this real estate thing that's it so know
1: your numbers guys um always when it comes to what to purchase always be looking at your location uh, have have metrics in place for the type of property, and um, know what your rents are going to be, so you can determine your cash flow. Very very important. When funding, you have several options: cash. Um, you can get a bank loan. You can get a private money loan. You can use a hard money loan, um, or you can even create a fund, which is kind of a, a more advanced strategy. So that's kind of uh, you know what it comes to when it when when you're determining what to purchase and then how to purchase it. Anything you want to add, Mike? Let's go buy some rentals. Let's do it, man. Let's go look at some. I'm actually excited to do so. All right, guys. We're signing off. Thanks for listening.
0: Welcome back to Season 2 of the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share with you what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. Make sure you never miss an episode and download the Discount Property Investor app in Google Play or iTunes today. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever.